Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. Before we begin, I'd like to thank Elena, Sarah, Daniel, Jeff, Mark, Verena, and Brenda, our patrons who make this podcast possible. Um, you can always join us, and we always have room for more patrons. We need more, and yeah, down the uh, later in the episode, um, later in this episode, you have um, more information on how you can join us and help take this podcast forward to the next level. And don't forget to subscribe also. So, without much further ado, we get to meet someone who I've been dying to have on this podcast. Her name is Ness Rain. She's an artist. She's the host and um, creator of Dope and Damaged podcast. She's also an entrepreneur. And she's an all-around fabulous person who is currently based in Dusseldorf, Germany. And there's more to our background that I kept out because we'll dive into all that as the episode goes on. So welcome to the podcast, Ness. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a little bit cold this morning, but it uh, seems to be warming up. Um, yeah, climate change is here, so it's loving me, I guess. It's freezing out here and super windy today and rainy. It's absolutely horrible. Uh, I'm glad about that. It's not touching me right Thank now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, that you're wishing this on us. Uh, well, well, I got to experience it, so um, I, I can say I've had the best of both worlds, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let, let's, let's dive in, and I don't think the guests, uh, our, our, our listeners are like, oh, what's going on? We don't, we don't want to hear about all that. Let's dive into the But the wait, juice. wait, wait. Before we do that, I oh. really have to say, oh, my God, you make me blush. Thankfully, nobody sees me. Like, dying to have me on the podcast and all of that. I mm-hmm. mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you still, still going on about that? Should I give the listeners a, a little uh, scoop about that? Or should I just leave them wondering what's happening? No, no, no. Just, just you know, just leave it. <laughs> just leave it. You said enough. <laughs> ah. How do they say that uh, sometimes less is more? Less is more. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> so, um, you were not born in Germany. So, can you introduce no. us to where you were born and um, a little bit about your childhood? Okay. So I was born in Morocco, in North Morocco, to be exact. Um, It's a beautiful city, but goes by the name of Tetuan. I was born there. My my dad was in Germany in the 60s as a guest worker. He was brought there like a million and other Moroccans and foreign people to help build up the economy after the Second World War in all of them the European countries, and he happened to end up in Germany. And um, at some point he went back and he married my mom. My sister was born, much later I was born. 
And then he decided to come back to Germany and inclusion and integration in the 60s um, was even worse than now. So like when people came over from different countries as guest workers, they were not really part of the society. I mean, they were not really um, taught on like how the German uh, law works and you know like basically hey you can take out a loan and buy a, a, a home you know so they didn't have all of this they were like really treated like workers and then basically now we don't need you anymore please go home and if you want to stay you're not gonna have an easy life <laughs> wow. pretty much so um was your dad in um i'm guessing he was in western germany right in oh, West Germany, yes. West Germany, okay. Um, it, it's interesting that you you uh, mentioned the 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 lack of uh, integration or making it easier for people like your dad to settle in when they came uh, during his time. Because we've had uh, I had one of my previous guests, um, Ezra. Um, her parents came from um, Iraq to Sweden. And she had mentioned something like that, you know, how you know, we have this image of Sweden being uh, a very open country to immigrants and all that, but it, we don't get to realize how difficult they make it for immigrants to settle in there. And she broke it down so beautifully. And I was like, wow, you know, we, we, most of us don't really, who are not fami too familiar with some of these countries, Looking from the outside, we only just see one side of it. We don't really see the other side, and we miss out on these details. So we don't understand the struggle that uh, immigrants get to face. Because I've had a, a previous guest who had said it's on the immigrants who come to these places to make things happen without really understanding that the, the government have a role to play in making it easier for the immigrants to um, be able to... Uh, settling and contribute even more to the societies well honestly so here's the thing so i have a friend and we always have this discussion and debate because he came a year ago from east europe so he's a very white looking person so he came and he well not even east europe it's like southeast europe let me say it like that mm -hmm. and he has so far, only great experience. He came, he has an amazing job. He has uh, every, like great friends. He didn't experience any kind of discrimination or racism here at all. So for him, it's very hard to understand that most people or most foreign people experience racism, whether it's on a big level or on a small level, but we all at some point go through it, you know? Yeah. So, and, and for me, because he says the same things, well, immigrants have to adapt and they have to do this. And I said, dude, what do you think we're doing? We're trying mm -hmm. to adapt as good as we can. But the thing is very simple, you know, some of us can only adapt so much. Like for someone like my mom, she didn't have the chance to go to school because um, my granddad, he died when my mom was very little. And she's like the youngest of three kids and she has two older brothers. So my grandmother, she didn't have really the means to send everybody to school. And it was like, okay, so what am I going to do? So she, she said, okay, let me send the boys to school because the girl, 
is going to be marrying a man at some point and he's going to take care of her. But mm. the boys, they have to take care of a woman. So yeah. it's smarter to send the boys to school. So my mom, she doesn't really like now that she's older, it's all coming back to her that she was married off at a very young age. Um, she married my dad when she was 14. Wow. Um she says, I didn't have a childhood. Like, I was never allowed to really play. I didn't have, like, my teenage life. I didn't have a young person's life. You know, mm. I didn't go to school. So her brain is obviously not trained the way our brain is mm -hmm. because we went to school and we always, well, some of us, <laughs> That's true, always keep of educating us, yeah. each other. <laughs> I mean, um, keep educating ourselves, you know. So she doesn't have that. And this is very, very bad for a person and that's why a person like that, when you come to a different country, you're not going to be able to learn the, the, the language just like that. Mm -hmm. Or when you cannot read and write, this is a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So like I told um, the, the guest who uh, had said it's up to the immigrants to um, make the step to adapt, you know, everything was on them. And I said, like, if you look into American history, like you even see how there were steps taken to intentionally uh, make life easy for certain immigrants, which, you know, mm -hmm. quote-unquote white, or mm -hmm. fit, uh, you know, fit into the status quo. And the ones who did not fit into the status quo, you know, they didn't get amenities such as playgrounds, such as uh, schools in their, in their neighborhoods where they started settling in. And you're saying they should assimilate. So how are they going to assimilate with the people who were around? Because when you start mixing with the people, you learn languages too. You know, you make it easier for people to come in contact with each other. You learn languages. It's the same way for kids. But all the yeah, but good what, amenities are in one area. The bad amenities are in one area. And then, you know, and that's how the over-policing starts because every, it becomes bad neighborhoods. It's so-called bad neighborhoods and then good neighborhoods. And um, Ezra had brought up the same thing, because, but in a different way. Because in Sweden, um, uh, Gothenburg to be exact, um, all the Iraqis were in one bubble. A bubble was somehow created by putting them all in one place. So you get familiar with your fellow people from the same part of the world. You're all speaking the same language. How are you going to learn Swedish? You don't see an incentive to learn Swedish because, you know, there's nobody, you're not mixing, you don't, you don't get to interact, but everything is like, okay, you all stay in one place. And if you look at it, going way back in America, it's kind of similar to the way they pushed all the Chinese to one area and created a Chinatown too, which was like, we don't want you mixing with our women, which was the idea behind it. But now Chinatown is much more hot, nice, fancy. So everybody likes, everyone's moving to Chinatown. But going back to the history, you see how, Something like that was, you know, the reasoning behind it was, we don't want you in our space, so go in here. And they push everybody. Yeah, but the, the, the problem is way bigger than just uh, uh, splitting people up. The problem is yeah, but, how people, especially mm -hmm. in America, are treated. Let it be by the police. I mean, we don't have to talk about it, how far it went and it's going. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to police brutality, we don't need to even go there. You know, mm -hmm. we all know that this is a, a serious problem. We all know that... Um, a lot of people, black people, um, brown people, and whatever people um, with different ethnicity um, have less 
um, opportunities, you know, like job wise and stuff, you know, although there is a lot of people who might get lucky or they worked hard, so they're in the right place. But there is still a lot of people who don't have these chances and we cannot just put it down to we, 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 we separated the people. We put the Chinese together or the Iraqis together because this happens. And this is where we as foreigners need to take also responsibility and break out of it. We deliberately need to connect with other cultures. It's also like learning, you know, I'm, yes, I don't I know, agree, I'm pretty but, versatile. My friends are from all over. Yeah, but uh, when I say they were all pushed, the Chinese had jobs then. People forget that. Without the Chinese immigrants, the real part of the railway wouldn't exist. They were working on the railways, but it's from the railway, from your job, you go straight back into this bubble we've created yeah. for you. So it's not like these people were not hardworking. They were all hardworking, but it's still part of the system created to make sure you stay in your lane. The lane was created for you to stay in there. And we see it Absolutely. happening in different ways. It's evolved over the years, over the decades. And it comes in different shapes and forms, which if you don't know what you're looking for, you can say, oh, everything is fine. You know, especially if you're not being affected by it, you can just say, well, everything's fine. I don't see a problem here. Which is kind no, of no, but it's for the, our generation to make a difference. Which they're already making. But if you don't, exactly. if you don't point out the issues and you don't say these are the issues that exist, how do you address? Because there are many people who don't see these as issues, so they're not saying what what what, what are they going to be? Uh, there's nothing to fix because hey, mm -hmm. one person broke out of you know, out of a, a thousand, one person came out successful. So hey, and then there's nothing nothing wrong. Look at that one shining sheep, one shining guy, or one shining woman. She made it. And you're like, uh, should it be just because one person made it that it's working? Or, you know, and that's... The, of course it's not enough. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. It's, it's okay that some people make it for whatever reason, whether, whether they're lucky, whether they worked hard, and somebody, and somebody decided to give them a chance. And that, that doesn't even matter. Uh, we need more people, and we need to definitely... Be also willing, you know, and sometimes, unfortunately, I feel like frustration takes over and mm -hmm. people then are too angry and too frustrated, you know, and that like I want I would like to see people stopping. I would like to see people stopping to feel like victims, you know, like like it's when people do stuff to to us or to certain groups. I get it and it's it's pretty effed up and it's it's definitely it frustrates me as well it makes me sad it makes me angry I got all kind of emotions but I would like to see people not mm, using all the energy to be like I'm I'm a victim I'm a this I'm a dad let's let's do something about it let's break out of it which we are doing but I have to Absolutely. pause you right there because we still we've we've jumped a little bit to the future well we've jumped a little oh. bit forward so we have to come Oops. back to where we started from, which was, okay. uh, we're going back to your childhood. So mm -hmm. you started in um, not Northern Morocco. How you say the city again? Tetuan. Tetuan. Mm -hmm. Oh, it sounds like a, a Star Wars city. Was, this, was that where they got the, the motivation for one of the planets for Star Wars? I could not tell you that I'm not a fan of Star Wars. Why well, we got you on this podcast? Somebody needs to do something about that. Shame on you. You should have done some better research. Somebody needs to do something about that. I'm, just, I'm not saying me, but I'm just saying somebody needs to do something about that. So, um, 
to someone who's you know, um, thinking of going to visit um, Morocco, or, you know, like a tourist, like someone like me, you know, I've never been there. I want to go see. Uh-huh. I wanna, I, all I know about Morocco is the Atlas. I know it's the Atlas Mountains. I wonder why. Um, it's, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a football guy, so it's the Atlas Lions. You know, it's one of my teams. That's about all African teams at World Cup. But, um, okay. So what's, shout what? out to the Atlas Lions. Yeah, shout out to them. They have great players. You know, I, I like my, my And my shout Marcus out to boys. all African soccer teams. Yeah. So um, what, what, what's the uh, Tatooine? What, what, it's, it's, Tetuan. Tetuan. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I went with the Star Wars planet name. Uh, Tetuan. Tetuan. Yeah, no, no, nobody come after me. What is me. it like? Yeah, what's it like? What, what would you yeah, describe it? Okay, so it's a small city. Mm-hmm. And it's very cute and very nice. And it's surrounded. It, the interesting part is it's surrounded by beaches, oh. all kind of like different beaches and by mountains as well. So you can like if you decide one day you want to go to the beach and then in the, in the evening you want to go to the mountains, do that. Or the next day you want to go to the mountains. It borders uh, with Spain. So basically 20, 30 minutes and you're in Ceuta, which is a very small city in Spain. And then oh, wow. that means you're on European. Yeah. Uh, what do I say? So, so what's his name? <laughs> um, Hannibal. Did he march through there? You know, I'm surprised I don't like Hannibal either. <laughs> <laughs> What I could tell you is in one of the cities nearby, we have Hercules's um, little places, you know? Oh, Hercules? He was there? Mm-hmm. Apparently. Oh, wow. I never knew Hercules. There are wow. some spots that one can see, definitely. Wow. I've learned something new today. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's a great day already. Yeah, that's what I'm talking see? about. See, I, I always knew, I always knew that Greek mythology was just, you know, a lot of Africans in there, you know. So, yeah, that, that just uh, confirms. Eventually, it. it all mixes up. Yeah, well, it's been mixing up long, long, long before they like to admit. People, many people like. To yeah, admit. but what you also have to take in consideration is, it's not really surprising because North Africa basically is actually the connection between Sub-Saharan Africa and Europe. So. When all the invaders came, they went through there most of the time, you know, so and North Africa, like we are a mix of everything. Like when you do DNA tests, like I did my DNA test for, mm-hmm. just for fun. Yeah. And I know that it's not 100 percent correct. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, playing myself, but it's just interesting, you know, like what kind of different um, countries I had, uh, uh, you know, do you mind sharing the Okay, so I had um, some European, of course. I had a, l- a large percentage of North African. I had 11% uh, Sub-Saharan African. I had um, what, when, some when Asian. Sub-Saharan? Uh, if I remember correctly, it was Senegal. Oh, that's, that's right next it, to you guys. Yeah, it was Sudan and Mali. Oh, Sudan. Okay, that's right, on the other side. Yeah, so, yeah. And then I had also Egyptian, but that's still North Africa, though. Yeah. So I had, like, a lot of in North Africa. I had some uh, Asian, you oh. know, like Middle Eastern also. Um, that's, that's beginning to go everywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The only thing like, left is Native American. 
I don't think I had that to be honest. The funny part missing. is though, <laughs> I had Greece and Turkish though. I must say that. So that's why I say it doesn't uh, uh, surprise me that uh, the Greeks been there as well. You know, because I know the Germans been there, the Romans been there. Everybody basically came to North Africa, and that's in a way I mean, how we if, were. If, if we're just going by bit by the by basic trade, just by trade mm -hmm. alone, the Mediterranean Sea. Everybody was in there. Everybody. Exactly. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, some, someone was telling me a long time ago, oh, Vikings made it to Mediterranean Sea. I said, okay, so if the Vikings made it there and you, you, you can't picture black people being in there from sub-Saharan Africa, you can't picture North, Af the North Africans are right there. It's their spot. So how, how come you can't picture that? And I was like, so you, there's probably black Vikings who existed. And he was like, what? What? He's from Scandinavia, yeah. and he was like, what? I said, of course, your Vikings had sex with sub-Saharan women, so they, exactly. they had babies, uh, they took their babies back. What, what do you think happened? They had a black yeah, Viking, and he was like, oh, wow, that's yeah, possible. That's the point. That's possible. Because you have, His head was not like blown up. African. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh. You have North Africans that are like blonde hair and blue eyes, and mm -hmm. you have like super dark skin, yep. you know, super dark skin North Africans. So, like, I have even dark skinned people in my family, and this is like, you know, um, that's why I don't know, like, color doesn't really matter for me. Like, color is not a race. Yeah, we, we got so many, uh, even down in Sub Saharan, we have uh, people with blue eyes, like, and yeah, I, 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 most of us tend to look at it as, you know, uh, the beginning of colonialism. That's when mm -hmm. people started changing, the, 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 the DNA changed. But there's a possibility that way before that, people have been mixing. Because if you look at, if you look deep down in history, we have records. Um, the Ethiopian princess is getting married to a Japanese prince way, way before colonialism ever came on the continent. How did uh, a prince in Japan know? Of, uh, how did the kingdom in, in Japan know about where Ethiopia was? It was trade. They were doing trade. <laughs> Look at the distance between Japan and Ethiopia. But they, yeah, they, they connected. And if they knew where Japan was, why wouldn't they know where other kingdom kingdoms were in, on the continent? And yeah. so there was so much stuff that has been lost to history, or some other people have hid it in their vaults and all that stuff. But yeah, but and so people have been mixing and crossing, and you know, and the way immigration worked back then, it was, it's not like now, uh, you know, after colonialism, then immigration changed. But you, you, you literally could go anywhere back then, you know, you literally could. Yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a whole lot that um, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to find out stuff. So, still sticking with your childhood, <laughs> um, what would you consider your favorite childhood memory? And see, for the life of me, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Probably going back to Morocco and spending the summer there during school, seeing all my family, going down there with my cousins from Belgium, spending time with them. I guess these are the things that, that I would consider in my favorite um, memories, spending time with my nan over there. So, What, what months uh, are your summer months? Is it the same as Europe uh, and America? 
well it always changed you know it's not like every year they every year we had like holidays at the same day the same time it always moved a little bit so usually it was from like it could be we had like six and a half weeks mm-hmm. and it could be from june and then until the beginning of august or it could be july until mid-august or mid-july until september it would always change oh. uh, do you guys have um snow where in um the um i was about in to morocco say. or in germany in your part of morocco or like oh the... no we don't have no we don't have no snow we we we're happy when we get rain okay because <laughs> I, I thought with the mountains you know the, um no 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 but it's not like it's not like like that it's not like like major mountains but it's just okay. like still some mountains where you can go and just like enjoy the view have some nice food and whatever it's not like them extreme mountains but atlas mountains are pretty tall though yeah but i've I've, to be honest i've never been and i i don't i don't know that they have snow i I wouldn't i I don't i don't know either i I just based on on, on the photos that i've seen um Mm -hmm. i don't think i've i've not seen a photo of like um mount killing like i've seen mount kilimanjaro with snow at the at the peak but even though they don't have snow, I don't think they have snow in Tanzania. No, but I've but, seen but snow at the peak of back. Kilimanjaro. Yeah, I think a couple of years ago we actually had some snow in Morocco, and it was the first time that people because it was so cold that winter, and people had some snow and they didn't know how to deal with it. So oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I might know the year you're talking about. That might be the year where it snowed in the Sahara. Yeah, I think it was that year. Yeah. It even snowed in Dubai, and it was like in, in, yeah, in Vegas, and yeah. people were like, "What the heck?" Yeah, because uh, the the city I was, uh, the city of my birth in Nigeria, Josh, it's surrounded mm-hmm. by plateaus. So the state is called Plateau State. Yeah, people had imagination. Just, just yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, the, um, it's surrounded by I think twenty one plateaus, and they named the capital Josh. And so the weather is a lot different from the rest of Nigeria, literally. And uh, okay. on they've they've had snow on record like once every maybe thirty, forty, fifty years. Yeah, they've had snow once in the blue moon. So they they also had they have they've had like, not not really like major snow, but just the type of snow that will make people go crazy. That kind of light. <laughs> it's almost like Dallas type of thing where it's like oh it snowed here, but people from in the, if you're from yeah. New York and you're like what is this? What what are you freaking out about? Ah, the end of the world. Ah. Ah, yeah. Ah, go buy everything to stop. Buy everything. They say it's gonna snow tomorrow. What? It's it's barely. It's not even up to. It's not even half half an inch. It's like ah, you go to you go to Walmart. Yeah. Everything's gone. <laughs> the whole store's empty. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's buying everything. Like, oh my God, the world the world is over. Yeah, uh, the zombies are coming. Like, uh, yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> you're from north. Like um, yeah. Just just wait until you see real snow. It's gonna, be, gonna be crazy for you guys. <laughs> yeah. So um, you are also an artist, but um, mm-hmm. when did you begin to notice that you had a passion that could turn that was well, that wasn't just an ordinary um, how will I put it? wasn't just an ordinary um, hobby. It was something bigger than just something that you liked and this meant uh 
singing was something big for you like you know when but like well how did you really get into singing or what did anyone inspire you or was it something that attracted you or how did it begin i think i was just always into music and my older sister she was listening to a lot of music and my cousin she's a few years older she was always um introducing me to new music um like what kind of music r&b hip-hop and r&b what artists? and Oh, TLC, Mary J. Blige, Boyz II oh. Men, all that kind of stuff. When I was very, very young, like Whitney Houston, actually, like, you know, oh, all the good typical names. names. Yeah. So, and I was trying to always sing back the songs, even when I didn't even understand what they were saying, because I was like seven, eight, nine years old. We never did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for someone who does, who did not even speak English yet, it's oh, yeah, even... That's true. Yeah, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and then I was always trying to sing back their songs. And then I was getting more curious when I started picking up English at school at the age of 10. I was eager to understand what the what the lyrics were and everything. Mm. And then people were telling me, oh, this sounds good. Are you actually quite good? And when I was 15, um Somebody heard me that I know and said, hey, there's an audition. You should go. Let me take you. And I did. And I didn't even understand really what the outcome of this audition would be. Or I understood I'm going to go and sing somewhere for people mm-hmm. who do music professionally. That's all I, I understood. Wow. So I went there. They liked me. They put me together with two other girls. And we became a group. And the rest is history. So was all this in Morocco? Oh, hell no. This is in Germany. Okay. So <laughs> pause. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Germany. So wait, what, what age officially did you move to Germany? Oh, at the age of two. Oh, wow. Pretty early. Yeah, that's why. I don't really have like, you know, like m- most childhood memories are in Germany. Okay. Like the memories I have in, in, in Morocco... When I was still two, are very blurry and almost non-existing. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's take a quick break now and mm-hmm. we'll be right back so we can focus on Germany then. Hi, everyone. Your host, Raphael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one-year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern-day immigrant stories. And you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other based on your wonderful feedback over the last year i think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls we would like to continue and expand on this mission but we need your help i've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own we have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission but we need direct support from you our listener which is why 
we have created a white label american patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation either virtually or in studio so if this podcast means something to you and if you really love this show think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label american pod thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company Welcome back, and now let's go full-time into Germany and have a blast. So, um, you got into music without really knowing what you were getting to, per se, but <laughs> yes, kind of. uh, still going back on that question I asked earlier, who would you say was your someone you looked up to music wise while your journey was beginning yeah as i said the same people like Still i was listening people? to yeah to mary j blige tlc Ooh. so you dance like mary j blige no <laughs> i i don't i uh you know, you, know, you know how dance moves are one one of a kind that's why I just had to throw that question. Yeah, no, no, no. I got some other dance moves, but oh, okay. not like Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Auntie Mary, Auntie Mary is like you know untouchable. I'm, you know, Absolutely, yeah. she is. She's everything. Like she's really everything. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of names: Brandy, Monica, uh, Aaliyah, Missy Elliott. Of course, Timberland is and was my favorite producer of all time. So, you know. I listened a lot to him and uh, his production, whoever he produced, I got what excited and, you know, something mm-hmm. I wanted to always like, yeah, well, I want to, I want to sound like this and I want to have mm-hmm. this kind of music and that kind of beat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, these are the people that mm, really inspired me musically, but in terms of a role model or anything, yeah. I don't have one. I didn't have one. My role model was Oprah Winfrey because journalism uh, was another passion of mine. <laughs> mm. that's, that's a good <laughs> at that time to have. You know, uh, I love Missy Elliott, and you know, uh, I <laughs> I always share this story of uh, how Missy Elliott was big on my second niece. She uh, um, uh, get your freak on, and uh, yeah, get your freak on was my second niece's favorite song at one time now she's more religious so i don't i don't know if she's still into if she goes near hip-hop but um oh yeah but um back then was a different world she was she was the young kid then and but uh i, I was mm-hmm. they, they all try to you know hang in my room herself and her sister and her brother and so i was you know they were always into my musics and uh Everyone had their favorite artist, and she settled on Missy Elliott's um, Get Your Freak On, and she could rap it from beginning to end. I think she was probably 10 years old, and I was like, wow, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is amazing. And if you know who her mom was, her mom was like 
um, hardcore evangelical, as in evangelical Christian who like you know. If you count the Holy Trinity, she like next in, next in line. So that, that's how she oh. acts. Yeah. So I was like, um, can, can you not wrap this song around your mom? Because your mom going to be casting all the demons out of me included. Because anything bad in the house had to be, I was tied to it. You. That was how it worked. So I was it like, was I'm, gl- I'm glad that you love this song and you can wrap it from the beginning to the end. But just make sure anytime you, 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 you're singing this song, just don't do it in front of your mom because, yeah, there's going to be some casting out of demons from me. <laughs> I don't want to be. And now if she hears this podcast, she'll probably do it again. Just, uh, just I hope so. I, honestly, I'll be glad. I'll be glad if she can. If if she does that, I'll be glad because the person she is right now, she needs it. She needs it in her life. <laughs> she needs to get I know. Africa. I was talking about cuss, uh, cussing all the demons. Oh, she, my, 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 she, she's been trying. She's been trying for years. It's too late now. She, the, okay. the, the, the demons won the, the demons battle. They, they won. They won the battle. <laughs> as soon as I see, as soon as I gained freedom, and I was like, uh, one, one day, I think one, one, um, what, what year was that? Uh, I think it was 2004. Uh, I was at her house, and it was a Sunday morning, and she's like, oh, let's go to church. She had switched. She, she was doing this thing where she always switched from church to church. She felt this church was hot, so she switched to this church. And she's like, let's go to this church. I said, I ain't going to that church with you. In fact, you know what? I don't even feel like going to church. And she was like, what? Don't let the devil speak from you. That's the devil speaking through your mouth. Let's go to this church. You, they, have, they have two services. I'm going to this service right now. You better be, be at the next service. I better see you at the end of church coming into the next service. I was like, uh, I'm not going to that church. She's like, okay, will you go to the, uh, the former church I used to go attend? I was like, hell no. I'm not going anywhere. You know what? I think I'll go to a bar and go have a beer this morning. I have my own money. <laughs> yeah. She got so okay. bad. She called my mom. Yeah, my mom had already moved to the United States. She called my mom. The devil is calling. The devil is acting up in Raph. The Raph is possessed. He's possessed. My mom called me. I was like, oh, you know what? Just, just, just avoid a fight. Just go to, but it's church. Why don't you go to church? You know, it's Sunday. Make your, it's not just about making your sister happy. Make everybody else like, uh, I'm an adult now. I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah, but to this day, my mom still calls me. I'm like, did you go to church? <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> So like, she, I don't want she, to know when, when she, was the last time you saw a church from from the inside. Oh, at a wedding, and I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to stay awake. I mean, I was single. Well, there were two last. Yeah, the last two times I went to church was uh, both weddings, and one was a Nigerian wedding, and I was single then. And the, the, they were like, everybody was single here. We are going to pray for you to find a partner. I was like, what the hell, man? Oh, <laughs> so that's very nice. <laughs> yeah, right. You find That's your partner really might nice. be in this church. I'm like, oh hell no, my partner not in this church, man. I, 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 I came to the UK for the wedding. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> then after that, he wasn't single anymore. Hell so no. So maybe the prayer worked. It didn't work. That was uh, 2015. Uh, yeah, I got rejected. Yeah, that, that was in. That was in, Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, nah, it didn't, it didn't work. But I mean, I. It, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, I got some good time in London. In, in the UK, though. So, okay, yeah. well, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> if if that if that's how the prayer was supposed to work, then um, yeah. But. No, what what happens in the UK stays in the UK. It's the same principle like Vegas. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm open about that. And not like, yeah, <laughs> if that's how your prayer is supposed to work, then yeah. But uh, the next one was um, 
a good uh, good friend of the family. They're both good friends the, of the family, the, mm. both church uh, weddings that I attended. And the next one was uh, a Catholic church. And the uh, the priest was, I think he mentioned something about um, gay, gay uh, being accepting to gay people. And I was like, oh, wow, um, okay. I'm, 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 I, I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening. And he said a few stuff. I think he mentioned climate change and some. I was like, okay, well, I'm, in, I'm impressed. I'm not falling asleep now. I'll, I'll stay awake a little bit. <laughs> And um, everything my, that's rebellious, you stay awake for, right? Uh, everything that's rebellious, you want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear because I, I had my timer on for, hey, what, what time is the booze coming? You know? And, oh my gosh. And well, the food and booze. That, that's the reason why I go to weddings. That's all you carry about? Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, well, I'm, okay. I, well, that's, I'm, that's the gift I'm bringing to the wedding. I dance. Mm hmm. <laughs> like you know, it's you know. And you want your you want your uh your return. Oh hell yeah! You better serve me good food, or else you'll be hearing complaints for the rest of your life. Even your marriage better last, because if it doesn't last, I'll be like you mean you that wedding I came to, you couldn't even make that wedding last, and you serve bad food. Oh man, no, I'm not that type of friend, though, but just saying. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> Very nah. good to know. Nah, I'm just messing. Man. I'm messing. I know. I know. My friends gonna be like, "Oh my god, uh, please, 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 uh, please, uh, please." <laughs> Nigerians take that. Some Nigerians take that too seriously. They're like, "Please, please, please, don't do that. Don't do that. Please, please." I'm like, "Bro, I'm, I was just joking. No. I'm not uh, that type." Like, hey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, being in um, in Germany, well, have you always been in Dusseldorf? Yep. Oh, is it Dusseldorf? Why? Why did I Dusseldorf. Switch? Dusseldorf. Yeah. Why did I switch? Switch. I don't know, and it's. I don't know. I don't know. Something just happened to me. Some aliens try to take over. Or something. <laughs> or I got hot. Yeah, totally. Because the way you said it, you even you even screamed it out like Dusseldorf. <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably someone was trying to hack me or something. I'm not. Going, I'm not going to say the country, but I know. I know the country. No. that was trying to hack me. <laughs> yeah. So um, you've always been in um, what am I Dusseldorf, right? I've always been in Dusseldorf. I I traveled a lot, and then I moved to London, and I lived there for a while. Wow! Tell us about London. Oh, London was a great time. I um, lived there for a while. I did music there, some other work from there, TV from there. Uh, because the thing is, when you when you work in entertainment, you mm -hmm. can pretty much live. Almost everywhere, unless it's a country far, far out. But if you're in Europe or America, you can almost live everywhere because it's easy to get to. You know, it's just like a just a flight away, or a train ride, or whatever away. Yeah, Western Europe, it's a lot easier for you guys to just yeah jump yeah, across absolutely. the body, like jump one ten steps, and you you're in another country. Ten steps, you're in another mm, country. Pretty much. Yeah. So. Um, Adjusting from Germany was was there was it uh, was there any shock from adjusting from Germany to the UK or that just went? Not to get culture shocks because I knew people I I I know people from all over and I, I'm very open so I don't have any culture shock or any adjustment issues you mm. know so you it's just I'm very curious yeah. uh, to learn stuff and to adapt and uh, it wasn't hard I mean it's Europe I'm not I didn't go to I don't know to to Laos or some other countries in Asia or so. You ever been that way? 
yeah, I've been. I've actually been in China. I've been in Japan also, like, because of the music. Taiwan I've been to. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. give, give us, um, what was your favorite experience in Asia? All of it. Like, really traveling was the favorite part of all of it. Like, um, being able to go to these different places and really see the people and really feel the energy and um, really experience the cultures was amazing. So do you have any particular story that um, of, any, of any interesting incident positively? Or if you want to share a negative one, it's up to you. But something that stood out mm -hmm. from one of your travels? Not at not from the top of my head, to be honest. Yeah. Not from the top of my head. It was all everything that's learning for me is is amazing and positive. Everywhere mm -hmm. I can go and uh, basically really communicate with people and experience the country, the culture, um, the way of life and the lifestyle uh, is for me uh, a positive and amazing. The negative is more. Um, it was a very difficult time being in that group because as young girls working together, it's very, very difficult. Jealousy kicks in mm. and one feels, you know, more neglected or because they might not be as good as, and then, you know, there's some kind of like anger creeping up and, you know, you get to feel it. And then the management screwed us over. So oh, wow. uh, over time, yeah, it was funny. I mean, it's the same story, like with everyone. Uh, after a few years, you know, when you're like young, 15, 16, and you're still in this development mm -hmm. um, um, process and everything, it's all good. But when you're like 18, 19, 20, and you you feel like, okay, we're getting clothes, we're getting everything, but it's just like, what kind of money like are we making? How When are we be able to make any money and maybe support our families or, you know, like anything for ourselves and it wasn't coming so yeah because that, that was going to be one of my questions that um like I, you you were 15 when you started in the group mm -hmm. and was that everybody in the group um well two of us were 15 and one was 16 yes okay so it's still around same age uh, yeah, but it was so they signed us and it was at that time which doesn't really exist anymore these days it was mm -hmm. artist development so basically we were trained uh, we also had to go to school and after school we were trained uh, on um, like vocal we had vocal lessons choreography uh, lessons um, all this kind of things you know we had to really like learn and grow with the the whole business and the music and everything that's what we had to do for a couple of years and it was very very draining because we had school mm. we had to deliver at school we had yeah. to deliver in a in a you know in the vocal lessons in the yeah. choreography lessons and everywhere so it was a lot of pressure yeah it's, it's uh so the, what you just said is one of the things that uh my favorite podcast, The Black Guy Who Tips, he has touched on this, um, something similar to this when it comes to, to talking about um, um, artists and celebrities and how we, we as fans, the public, tend to go after them. And mm -hmm. 
you know, and I've been doing some soul searching and realizing that, you know, you know, we see um, a young person, a kid blow up and it's like, oh, wow, this person that will start projecting everything from ourselves onto them. Like, why are they not talking about this? Why are they not doing this? Why are they not this? Why are they not that? You know, and why are they not um, helping um, all the children who are hungry? Why are they not this? And we don't even know what's happening in the background. We don't even understand a whole lot of, uh, we don't even understand how the business works, you know? Yeah. And we're not even aware of the the shady stuff that goes on in the background, how a whole lot of people are primed to be taken advantage of until we start hearing details of the cases that have been made public because a whole lot of these cases never get to be made public. So we're not aware but we just, ah, this artist just wasted their, their money, money that they never received. We just, they wasted their money. If that was me in that person's, um, in that person's shoes, I would have, I would have, I would never be broke. I would never be this and I would never be that. And, you know, he, he's not an artist. He's, um, he's never been in that industry, but he does a beautiful job. Um, the husband and wife, um, not, not just um, Rod, but the husband mm. and wife, they do a beautiful job of humanizing people in all industries and it made me started taking a different um uh a different way of looking at people in industries and just not just jumping to say oh man you just projecting you know rage or out because you know, now now this is the age of outrage everybody just gets out you know there, there's things to get mad about but not just everything you're just going to start typing and posting creating anger about you know and mm. now that you just you know someone who's never been in an industry gets into an industry at a young age it's easy for people to take advantage of them i know if i have friends who got into who tried to get into um soccer in nigeria and one of them was even uh, i was in the room in the barber shop when a guy came in and said he was an agent he was talking about uh, having openings to take people to uh, um, where was it Singapore or something like that, and I knew a guy who was uh, trying to get into something like that, and I told I called him and said, "Hey, there's someone who's here." And I got the guy's number, and he said he was interested. And it, the guy just took his money, never, you know, he just he exploited the, the poor guy, exploited him, took more than uh, probably. Probably about five thousand dollars. That was it. Down the drain, gone. That boy never left Nigeria. He still never left Nigeria to this day. Never set foot outside Nigeria. He was one of the lucky ones because there are people who they will just take you and dump you in one country, and that's how the guy got uh, executed in, um, I think Malaysia, because the kid signed up with one of these guys and they took him to Pakistan and dumped him there, and he's on the streets begging. Wow. Someone is like, hey, okay, I, I see you. You're a good, you're a good footballer. I can get you a contract in Malaysia, but just help me drop this, uh, transport this bag to uh, Malaysia. Oh, God. And he never looked into the bag because he thinks he's helped the good guy fed him and everything. And he takes the bag, and we all know how that ends up because it's drugs he's transporting. And of course, these stories are knows, like and, but all Nigeria, the time. Nigeria does not fight for your rights, you know, especially back then. They never cared to fight for his rights, so he got um, executed. And <gasps> yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, so there are a whole bunch of them like that, and it, it's but. And back, when was this? 
Uh, this was, uh, I think, uh, 99 or 2000. But his story was in the papers before the execution happened. But you know, I remember reading then, like, you know, people like, how can you be so stupid and go take stuff from somebody? It's just, but you don't, you've never been in that shoes where the guy had been dumped. Now the older I get, I understand how the business works. Oh I understand God. how people just come in and, you know, they, they, say they are predators. They are looking, they are looking, searching for prey. They know how to identify prey and zoom in on you and grab you. It's this what they terrible. do. But we don't use that language of people being predators in all industries, searching out prey to go after. But we just, you know, oh, these guys, are, you, 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 you're greedy. you this, you that. And it's just like, no, no. We need to do a better job of addressing how we talk about these things so we can prevent more people from falling into uh, the trap. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that um, you, 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 your, your, your story is not like one of the dark, uh, the, the ones, I, I mean, I know that there's more that you haven't said, but I'm happy that you, 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 you're able to talk about yours and it's not like, you know, some of the ones that it's like the person's completely broken down and it just ended. No, I mean, bad. it did not end like this. Mm -hmm. Like, like, of course, how you said, there's way more that is way too long to um, go into detail in, but it was very frustrating. And but I had definitely I had the I had it in me back then. I wanted out of the contract. I went to five different lawyers. They all told me there's no way to get out of the contract, which was extremely um, depressing. But the sixth lawyer, which is so funny because it wasn't even an entertainment lawyer. Right. It was just that it was somebody's uncle. Mm -hmm. And we just had him like look over the contract and he, he managed to find a loophole and he got me out of it. Wow. So since getting out, have you still been, in, are you still in the industry or did you just take a break? Well, what happened then is I got... Uh, <laughs> I I wasn't on an exhibition. I ended up on a different kind of um, um, audition. Mm -hmm. It was for MTV as a host. And I went there and it was cool and everything. They liked me and I went to a different uh, um, audition again for hosting for TV because it was like, oh, wow, I can actually do this and talk and get paid for talking. And yep. uh, Connect with people and communicate is something I love to do because, as I said earlier, I was into journalism anyway. So one audition, they liked me. They offered me a job, but I had to move somewhere I didn't want to move. And so, yes, then I started um, creating basically demo videos and sending them out to different um, TV stations all over and to people that I had met previously uh, through the music. And at some point, I was um contacted and i always was like doing basically like uh interviewing celebrities for different tv stations radio stations sometimes magazine magazine as well in the uk mm. and that's how basically i built my my portfolio and i got my name out there oh that's cool so and then i went back to music and then i got screwed over again uh oh <laughs> And then I decided to do the independent thing. And three years ago, I quit music <sighs> for good. 
as an artist. So is it that you have more of a passion for the journalism than music? No, it's just that at some point, music to me became a job and it became a chore. Mm. And it was more damaging my mental health than helping. And for my sanity, and I have to say something very, very... I had a family tragedy happening three years ago. Um, My sister was murdered. Oh, no. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. And that changed everything for me. Oh, wow. Was was that in in Germany too? Yes. Oh, wow. Has that been resolved? I mean, I uh, knew right away who it was. It was the plumber who was doing some work there. Wow. In the um, in the whole building, you know, and yeah, he basically after his work day, he came back, he raped her, oh, he wow. strangled her with a phone cable, and he drowned her in a bathtub. Dang. And uh, he three weeks later he was arrested, and the funny thing is that. <laughs> He tried to rape and kill two other girls prior. They took him to court, and the judge let him go. Oh, wow. So this time he admitted everything. And when we were supposed to have the court with the prior police who didn't do a good job, the even the judge who let him go, the other victims and everything, he committed suicide in oh, the cell. On. Which dang. is the greatest gift ever. Ah, uh, dang. So, that's the story in a nutshell. Oh, wow. But did he, did he have any particular reason for just doing that, or he just picked people at random to do it to? He picks random girls that trigger him. Oh. He already had his next victim after my sister. He chose this job oh, purposely the, oh, oh. to go into people's homes and basically fix their bathrooms or the kitchens or whatever. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Very much so, yep. Yeah. Very some, much so. Some people are just... Yeah, that's... uh, Yeah, it's... Yeah, that's just... Yeah, my, my, my condolences there. Thank you. Yeah. So basically that changed everything for me and uh, it put a lot of things in perspective and things that situations I was scared to end before because, you know, like whether it's relationship or mm-hmm. whatever uh, I was in and I was like, okay, so if I'm going to not do music anymore, not be with this person anymore, not have this friend anymore... What's going to happen after, you know, Mm. all of this was like out the window and I just made decisions and I feel much more relieved, to be honest. (laughs) I'm still in the entertainment industry doing other stuff, but I won't be actively pursuing singing or anything anymore. Mm. And to be honest, if I'm very, very honest, the reason, one of the main reasons, if that's not even the main reason I understood very early that if I want to do something, it takes two things. It takes connection or it takes to be known. Mm. And I could sing 
I enjoyed it. And music could possibly open some doors for me to do some other stuff. Yeah. Because I always had a passion of helping women like my, my mom, you know, like still giving them opportunities to learn, go to school or, you know, like give them some of their life back that they didn't have. That's very important. And yes. Um, but I like that you said it takes connection and it takes to be known because I think... Well, one thing is it takes money mm-hmm. or to be known or connection or, or end, I should say. And yeah, that, that's how I wrote it down because uh, yeah. it, it, in a way, it's, it, that's every industry, you know, that's every, exactly, every, exactly. Because, you know, I've, I've, um, my, during my final year in college, um, I might go back again. Let me see. But uh, for my bachelor's, there was um, the class that I was attending, and you know, the professor was like, uh, "How do people? What do you think it takes for someone to make it?" And there was this girl in class, and you know, I, I say girl because she was, yeah, she was a girl. She was little, pretty, pretty young. Well, I say young mm-hmm. woman. I'm not some girl. I'm not some condescending. Um, she was a young woman. And she was like, oh, you know, if you study, you work hard, you'll make it. Um, you go to school, go to university, and you work very hard. Afterwards, mm. you make it. And I was like, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just have to rule you out there. That's a lie. It's a big lie because whoever told you that, they lied. That's one of the biggest lies I ever told. And that's just because uh, you can go tell the janitor downstairs that, uh, that's all it takes because I've talked to the janitor. He was, he was born in, in different, you know, in a Central American country, and he came here and he, he had he had he had a university degree. He was a great guy, and that dude. Yeah, I'm like, go go tell him that. That's all it takes to make it. And mm. yeah, that's not it. But uh, mm. the connections you need connections. That's what networking is supposed to do for you. And uh, if I had a way of you know, redoing things, uh, I wouldn't have, the way I went to university, it would be different, but it took a while for me to start figuring it out, but I kind of went with the, I won't say like the kind of Nigerian mindset, but not like the rich Nigerian mindset, so I wasn't really tuned into certain things back then, and I was just beginning to catch up, and I still wasn't catching up, so I was, but I was beginning to so I just mentioned that and said, yeah, you know, like my former roommate would say, the beginning of universities was for rich people's kids to know each other. So I created a network. That's how he told me what he used to say about mm-hmm. universities. Like, you know, and that was why universities were created. So they had a network. That's his definition of why universities were created. And when I said that, the professor was like, you know, actually, you know, he, he kind of laughed, but he, he just said, you know, you can't you, you can't you can't just be telling people to work hard. Work, I mean, everybody's work. There's so many people working hard. Like, do you, you, you think someone wakes up at um, six a.m. in the morning, has three jobs? That person's not working hard. And you know, and but this person with the right connection probably wakes up at ten a.m., <laughs> gets off work at two p.m., and they're done. That's it. Yeah. Done for the day. And you're like, uh, but if you work hard. And you get, I'm like, yeah, right, yeah, right. 
So yeah, so that that's one thing I quickly bash. I tell you, I'm, I'm gonna bash you. I, I don't even care. <laughs> I'll be just bash you if you start telling me if you walk out again. Go, go tell that to my mom. Tell that to, tell that to my mom that she didn't she did not work hard. That's that's why <laughs> she's not a wealthy woman today. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, but um, yeah, but that that's great about what you're doing and. You, you, yeah, that, that that's why I admire you and admire your your courage and your tenacity. You Thank know. you. Yeah, that's Thank why you're you. awesome. So um, you also have a podcast called Dope and Damaged, which I yep. enjoy. I was actually listening Thank to the, to the episode. Much appreciate uh, it. Uh, I was listening to your episode on my way to the studio where you were talking to um, oh, I forgot the women's names. Um, they were talking about being <laughs> single in Germany. Uh, well, not single in general, but single. Um, single one. in January, but like uh, how to be, um, how society judges being yeah. singles. Yeah. Yeah, society uh, judges uh, singles. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a fantastic conversation. I'll probably love to have both women on the podcast later on. And uh, I mean, it was it was a very interesting conversation oh, because it, it was. I mean, it was. I had I had two girls on from one is from Mexico and the other and, one is yeah, from Guatemala. Guatemala. And I've I've had a few people from Mexico, different backgrounds, mm -hmm. but uh, I've never had anyone from Guatemala. So it's uh, yeah. So that's that's why I, yeah, it's, uh, I would like to it's have similar more. but still different. Of but course. it's also experience. And and even even if I have ten people from Mexico, each person will still have a different story. So that's why I can I can absolutely. still have another Mexican. But that's not the the point I wanted to make. The main point I, I was going with was. Uh, why the title Dope and Damaged for your podcast? Why the title Dope and Damaged? Well, I wanted an oxymoron because I feel like it's, you know, people always want to categorize things or mm. people and they always want to put us in boxes. Yeah. And I feel like we, we are not one or the other. We're actually both. We are mm. dope because we have maybe good things going for us because we're dope at a lot of things maybe at our job maybe at our however we are with our friends maybe we have a dope whatever it is but we're also damaged we're also flawed we also were imperfect you know and i wanted a name that embodies both you know we don't have to be perfect because we nobody is and we cannot yep. be and it's okay to be imperfect and i wanted something that makes it okay that we are dope and we're damaged. Mm, I love that. We are not one Thank or you. the other. We are dope. That should and be damaged. that should be that should be on your podcast merchandise t-shirt or something. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it back. <laughs> I will share it. I don't know. But I, 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 love, I love that line. I love that line. Oh, they say sharing is caring, but mm. <laughs> I'll think about it. I have uh, to think about it. Oh, of course, of course. No, no. <laughs> no, you, you're great. So what was the best or biggest lesson that you have learned on your podcast journey so far? Yeah, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest lesson is nothing comes easy. Mm -hmm. Uh... Technically, it's very hard because I really do everything by myself, except the editing, which I will be learning now. Okay. And this is like the next challenge because it seems like um, I'm a very, I have this love-hate relationship with challenges. I love them mm -hmm. and I hate them at the same time. 
But um, yeah, the, I think the technical side of the podcast is the hardest. Um, um, what lesson? Yeah, this is like really how to how to make things work, even if it's last minute, you know? Yeah. Like I had <laughs> things happening really the last minute, the microphone broke and all type of things. And then you have to improvise and get creative and do this and that. And it's, it's a constant, uh, uh, process, you know, it's a, it's, it's not like, okay, I have all the equipment and now everything's perfect. No, I'm growing mm. and I'm still getting better. Yep. Um... I'm still learning. Yeah, I think that's one thing um, that I got to realize um, a little bit into the journey. That yeah, you 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 keep getting better. You 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 know you keep learning, and as far as you learn, you continue to improve and get better. That's you know as you continue on this podcasting journey, it's not a um, something that in one day you like. I've made it. I'm at the top, or the kind of thing. Uh, yeah, or if it works for you like that, fine. But uh, yeah, it's something that I don't believe in that, though. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't either. I don't. But no. some people say they do. So I'm, I'm like, if you okay, fine, fine. I, I, that's why I have to put it there. Like okay, but uh, for me, I just go with. Um, yeah, I, 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 I am the person who I, I consider myself a sponge. And I'm a student. I don't, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning every day. So um, sometimes I beat myself too much, and it's, it's a default that I have. But uh, well, if you know my story, you know that uh, it took me a while to, uh, it's something I'm still working on. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I've, I've, it took me a little bit to accept that I'm learning, I'm, I'm getting better at the podcasting thing, and, you know, and I'll continue to get better. And it doesn't mean that uh, if tomorrow somebody comes with a hundred million for me, I'm always open to that. Yeah, bring the money, I'll take it. But uh, yeah, it doesn't mean I won't. I will stop improving. No, I'll still continue to improve. Mm -hmm. I'll continue to improve. If, you know. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's the one message. Because I have a few friends who reach out to me, like, hey, I want to start a podcast, or I want to see what you're doing. I want to do something. Like, yeah. It, but uh, I, I want I want everything to be at 100 before I begin. And I'm like, dude, just begin. Begin, you know, just start. You already have the idea. You know what you want to do. I didn't even know some of these things that you already um, have right now. So you're better than a whole lot of us at where you are right now. So just start. And then they're like, okay, but um, I want to add 10 more things before I begin. I need this, everything to be perfect. I'm like, you will never be perfect. Just begin. Just stop making content. And yeah. Yeah, so I, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still want to add one more thing. I want the studio to look like this. I want this to look like that. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I'll be here. And then. But yeah. I used to be like this as well because I'm like coming from TV mm -hmm. where everything is perfect. I wanted it to be a certain way. And everybody was telling me, my God, just start don't care about the quality in the beginning. Like, no, but I need it this way and I need it to look like this and sound like that. And then at some point I was like, you know what? Now or never. I just start. Yeah. The rest will come. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing of, um, at least you had people telling you to start. And, you know, if you don't have the people telling you to start, you know, I don't know what to do, but 
I'm glad I had people telling me to start and I took the advice and I started and I mean I had this podcast idea like I wanted to do podcasts from five years ago so this is not like something that came to me last year mm-hmm. it's been there the idea it's been there I had um I had a different name I had the outwork already mm. I had everything for it I had uh, the equipment and uh, then this thing happened with my sister and I put everything on hold and then it took me a while until I was able to use it as therapy and use it to also give uh, people the platform to share their stories because um, I don't feel like um, there's enough platforms for people to share their stories or share their opinions. Yeah. Mm. Important. That's that's very important. And you're doing great at it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's, I think I think most of us who are in the space of um, who have good podcasts, I'll say, tend to have this thing of we we didn't just um, start the podcast just like that, or you know, we, we seem to have had the podcast idea for a while when for one reason or the other didn't did not start uh didn't you know we were looking for the right spark before kick, um kicking into off uh you know for the takeoff to begin you know, and like i told you when we had our chat on the phone that for me like my mind was probably what 2010 yeah it was 2010 um, that's when people started telling me I should do a podcast and back then I was like no I don't want to not yet give me some time that's very true actually a producer I used to work with Mm -hmm. at that time used to tell me you should start a podcast come let's do a podcast and I was like "Mm, no mm -mm." and then five years Mm -hmm. five years later he told me so it took you five years to do what I told you and when everybody's into it now you decide to start when it's actually Ah. like I was like leave me alone (laughs) hey but but in in, in my case the the good thing is that um, if I had let's say if I had taken up the advice of you know the people that said do podcast or do something on YouTube start something the person who I was then would have had to grow into the person who he is today. So I don't know if if I had found a little success doing what I was doing then because I, the, the opinions that I had back then were more, um, I, I'll say it's more attractive to a larger audience. Uh, it's, it's more, I'll say more glitter, I'll say. So I don't know, I think, if I look back at it, I'm like, would I have been able to change or would I have, have been willing to change the way I'm willing to change today? Where I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to admit, okay, I was wrong and I can move. But uh, it's not even about that. It doesn't matter. Well, it, to, it, me, that, matters. to me, that that matters. You know, I, I look back and I'm like, yeah, so assuming I, I was, my mind was where I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do this thing. I'm not, I'm not lacking the confidence and all that stuff. Okay, I'm going, let's, let's do it. And then I did it. And I was like, oh, wait, there's some... It's actually working. I can actually do this. And then wait, wait a minute. That's the point. And I'm like, wait, nah, I'm, I'm not going to change. I'm not changing. People are like, nah, nah, I'm not changing. Nah, I'm like, I don't know if I would have. <laughs> so I'm, I, I think I, I started at the right time, in my opinion. 
Exactly. Like, That's yeah. what I mean. It doesn't matter what <laughs> what what was the hold up mm-hmm. or why or why not. It's important that you're doing it now. And that's important. Timing is everything. And timing is also a feeling a lot of the times, you know, when you feel the, the it's the right moment, then that's when you when you do whatever you need to be doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, is the. Is Dusseldorf? Why, why am I? Been, I've been pronouncing this city's name for like forever. Now it's like I'm two people. It in doesn't mind. matter. Oh. Is Dusseldorf going yeah. to be your home for a while, or do you have any plans to move away from there? Let's see. I don't know. All right. That's really. Let's see. So, for anyone, because um, I have a few people who have moved to Germany, and I've interviewed one of them. And I hope mm-hmm. to get a few others um, mm-hmm. down the line, but for others who have, you know, now that you know the the orange utan, that's what I call him, orange utan, that's uh, the man about to be evacuated from the White House. It's about to leave. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're still going to move out of uh, United States, but should more people want to leave United States to move to Germany, uh, what would you? You know, if someone says, I want to come to Dusseldorf, what, what, what would you tell them? What, what should they have in mind? What should be one of the first things um, that they should do if they are considering moving to Dusseldorf or Dusseldorf? Oh, what do you mean? What's the first thing they should do? Uh, what, what should they, what should, they're not like first thing they should do. Like, what would you say, what would advice would you give to them? Good luck. <laughs> That sounds that sounds pretty German right there. Uh, well, look, I I don't know because it always depends on the person, you know. Like I know someone, she moved here and she moved to Germany. She moved to South Germany. She was happier there, but she's here in Düsseldorf and now, and she is complaining. Oh, the houses in Germany are too small. Oh, in America I would have a much bigger house. Or the guys in Germany are this, or the guys are that. And this is like I don't know. It's what you ex. Is is I think moving to a different country, if you can't adapt, for God's sake, go back. Or tr- <laughs> I don't know what to say to this. For me, it's very hard because I'm very open-minded. If I don't like something, mm-hmm. I try to compromise or try to to find ways around it. If I can't, then obviously this place ain't for me. I gotta, I gotta find happiness elsewhere. But for someone who wants to move, just know that um, Germany is much smaller than America. Of course. Um, German people are much colder, mm-hmm. but there is a bunch of foreigners, like plenty, plenty foreigners. So depends on what friends you have, you know, what environment you're in, what, people you want to have around you whatever your your main goal is why are you moving here like i know people who are moving here for jobs and there's people moving here because they they are in they fell in love with someone from over here there is plenty different reasons so um what i can say about Dusseldorf, it's you have very snobby people you have the snobby um, posh side to it that i'm not really it's not likable for me. I don't like it at all. I'm not cool with these people or anything of this sort. I um, resonate more with like, you know, normal people or people who, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You can have a lot of money or you can have a little money. As long as you're not like superficial and you're cool, then we can, we can hang, you know? So we have 
these kind of like different groups here and yeah what else can i, th- I say about I th- this I think, I think you just reminded me of a documentary <laughs> not a documentary a news report that i once i think it was a news report i once saw on uh Dasha Vela that uh mm-hmm. mentioned dw mm-hmm. yeah the, uh that's enough have it's not it's not be it does. <laughs> it like, definitely does have like confirmation. This confirmation. I love Dasha Vela. You know, I love mm-hmm. watching it. It's, it's but then we have also we have also some uh, very, you know, let's say, um, poor neighborhoods here as well, or you know, and then we have also like the normal people, you know, mm-hmm. who have their job, who who still like to have a you know, like a good life and, 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 and uh, nice clothes and everything. But um, I would say it's pretty much like most places. You know, if you go to London, it's the same thing. You have some hoods that are very, yeah, yeah, getawish, but then you just have also the posh areas and then you yeah, have like uh, the London normal areas. Is, yeah, London is, London is, yeah, London is not for me. It's, uh, I mean, London, I like London, the trains and I like the, the transportation. You but, like the uh, trains, okay. Yeah, but, that's different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> out of all the things in London, you managed to say you like the trains. Oh yeah, I love the transportation. The, the train, so, especially. So what about the transportation in New York? Um, I, I love my my subway, but I don't do it right now. I don't do it too much. Uh, I only do it once in a blue moon, until mm-hmm. the pandemic dies down. You know. Back. Uh, yeah. Uh, my friend who used to walk on the trains, he died. So, yeah. It's, uh, <gasps> Oof. Yeah. But that's not my main reason okay. for not doing the trains. But it's just, yeah, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't even go to his funeral because he lives in he lives in Long Island. I was like, yeah, I ain't going that way. It's too no, no. I gotta take a train all the way there. But yeah. no, nope. but I, I always move around on trains. That that's how. Sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah, so yeah. I always move around on trains in. Uh, in, in New York, but uh, London, they impre- the city impressed me when I saw like, they had different options for trains. There. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. But when I saw uh, an apartment building, so I, was, I was like, man, you're all expensive here, man. It's, uh, it's all different type of expensive. And the number of people in London who are like, you came to London and you hit me up. So yeah, the, my, my classmates, the... Um, from secondary, primary, the number of people I know in London they keep increasing every year. I don't know, it's just like in the Nigerians, there's too many. Yeah, so it's it's a city okay. I, I shouldn't be going there. I can't go there. There are too many people going. It starts fights. Okay. It starts fights. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's not it's not fair. To you me. said that, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so. So and uh, for people who are interested in Germany, the only thing I tell you is this. If you're not gonna drink German beer, what's the point? Sit your ass, whatever you are. Go, go there and drink German beer. It's healthy. That's what I tell oh, people. Oh really? I don't agree with you, but okay. Yeah. Well, if you're not a beer drinker, <laughs> you won't you won't know what I'm talking about. It's not healthy though. Whether you're a beer drinker or not, it doesn't. It's not healthy. Go go get a gym. Don't sell them people a dream. They're gonna no. come here and think they get they're gonna get abs by drinking beer. They will <laughs> if you do it right. Oh really? Yeah, they're gonna get a fat belly. That's what they get. That bod. Dad bud, well, mama bud too. Equal opportunity. Um, yeah. Oh boy! It's sex, it's always <laughs> sexy to somebody. Somebody's gonna find it sexy. So yeah, yeah. somebody. Yeah. So, <laughs> what should we expect from Ness in twenty twenty one? Can't say. 
I'm still doing a podcast, um, working on some different other projects that I cannot disclose yet. Can can I speak a little tea? Just a little? No. No? No, not yet. Because yes. this is the thing, mm -hmm. you, you know, you work on stuff and then due to the pandemic, a lot of things got on hold and go slower and don't know how and when and if they can happen. So I rather not disclose anything yet. Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, do you miss anything about Morocco, about being in Morocco? No, Morocco is a great country. <laughs> shout out to Morocco. Yeah, shout out to them. Colonized Spain for 800 years. Just I'll throw that in. <laughs> of course. That's my no, Morocco's fairly new. My, my Spanish boy always likes saying that too. He says Spain and Morocco are twins. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, when you come to New York, I introduce you to him and then you, 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 you figure out the rest and be like, goodness. Look. I told you, I don't know, I, I actually, I think I told you, in my head, I live in New York. Yeah, you do sound like a Brooklyn Knight. That's my city. Well, That's exactly my city. Brooklyn claims you already. You're one of us. Oh. Don't, don't listen to all that boroughs. All that boroughs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Queen, don't Queens, say that. Queens will try, they'll try, they'll try and sell diversity and all that. I'm like, um, Brooklyn got we got a lot more diverse here. So no Okay, worry. so let's say Brooklyn kicks you out for whatever reason. What would be your plan B? Germany. No, you have to choose one of the mother boroughs. Mm. That's uh Can I do that you off air? No. I said plan B. Um, it's on my trailer. I've been praising Brooklyn. Are they going to kick me out? They can't. I'm going to be they mayor will... of New York based on my no. votes from Brooklyn. They might win. kick you out because maybe they said, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, they might kick you out. They can't. We don't know. But let's just pretend. Let's just like, let's go to Fantasyland for a second. Okay. The only way I leave Brooklyn and still stay in New York City is if one of the other boroughs. Well, not counting Staten Island, that's New Jersey. Everybody knows that. Um, and um, even Long Island, I don't even trust Long Island that much. They, 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 they. And so, so Jersey, no, even. Stat no, no, Staten Island is technically a, is is a borough in New York, but yeah, we, we just like calling them a borough. You know, we, they're part of. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, 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 they're New Jersey. They should be New Jersey. So, so we would should... that be your your plan B? Hell no! I can't go there. Uh The borough that voted for Trump the most? Hell no. Okay, so which borough would be your plan B? Well, um, I have to go to Bronx, I guess. They got good, I knew it. They got good Ghanaian <laughs> food there. They got uh, get my access to Kinke and uh, Banku and, uh, you know, all the non-West African stores are there. But all those Senegalese, they're too tall. Those Senegalese are so tall there. I look very short when I'm there. That's why I don't like being near Harlem. It makes me look too, you know, I look like a midget when I'm there. So I don't like being around them. So we'll have, we'll have to negotiate that. They'll have to move out. They'll have to kick all of them out. And then I can come in. And then we'll, we'll, we'll split it. We'll split. I'll let half of them stay. I'm like, okay, y'all can be around when I'm walking on the streets. Something like that. But next, uh, I need to go to Morocco. And when I'm Definitely. ready, I'll let you know. And uh, Definitely. yeah, before, I, uh, before we wrap it up, 
I forgot to ask one of the most important questions. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Food. When it comes to cuisine. Food. When do you want to talk about food? Uh, you gotta let us know. What, like what? What What is the favorite food for you? Is it my Moroccan? Oh, my favorite food. Or German or and if it's Moroccan, oh, what what oh, what, what, what should no. we be eating? What should I be eating if I want to eat Moroccan food? Well, you can tell me what your favorite is if it's from somewhere else, but still tell me what I should eat if I want to eat Moroccan food. Well, couscous. There is so many different types of couscous with chicken with beef with yeah you can't tell me couscous veg i've eaten too much couscous okay then we have tagines which is like basically gumbo type style Mm. you know like different we have fish tagines we have beef tagines chicken tagines Mm. we have um, different type of of things you know a lot of like moroccan culture moroccans love food they have breakfast they have brunch they have lunch they have a snack they have uh, an afternoon tea, coffee, kind of like um, a food time, and then they have dinner. Oh, they have a snack before that as well. What kind of snacks? Oh, they oh they eat anything that could be snack. Anything they eat the whole day and the whole night. Yeah, One time I, I was traveling from I Casablanca to, I was traveling from Casablanca to Tetuan, and I was with my sister, and we were on the coach. And it was like, yeah, so we hungry. It was evening time. So uh, we stopped at a gas station to take a break. And it was like, okay, so let's buy some, you know, some chips and some stuff to have to have it uh, to eat mm-hmm. on this whole long ass bus ride. And then there were people that were saying, why the hell are you buying all of this for? We, we, I was like, yeah, but we're going to be hungry and we're going to arrive at like 2, 3 in the morning. And it's just like 9, 9 p.m. And they were like, oh, my God, we're going to stop in a few hours and have dinner. And I didn't believe them. And 12 o'clock or 1230, wow. we come to a place. There is a huge place with a big barbecue. And everybody had dinner at 12 or 1230 midnight. And it was crazy to us. I need to be. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff, man. And yes. Yeah. And invite me next time. I think I might, I might want to come. And have okay. a type of dinner, like yeah, I'm black. I'm I'm your, I'm your long lost cousin, the one you know, you never heard about. That's me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a huge family anyway, so nobody would would know. But the thing is that um, <laughs> the thing is that me personally, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't really eat all of that. Hey, that that I, I that I'll eat on your behalf. You see, I take one for the team. That's okay. See, see, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. Teamwork. <laughs> you eat on my behalf. Teamwork. I got you. Trust me, right? I, got I got you. That's why I I'm get here. the veg, you get the meat. Hey, there you go. See, sharing is caring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Ah, so when when you go home, they they, uh, they they have uh veggie meals for you. You mean when I eat out or no? no I, I mean like... I mean um in more typical Moroccan dishes, are there veggie options for you or do they, is it something that has to be prepared? I make them veggie options. Okay, you, know? you make like... it yourself. I prefer I prefer home homemade food, but mm-hmm. if I eat out, uh, I mean we have vegetarian tagines and we have salads and you know like you can definitely I mean it's it's definitely mainly meat based, but um, you like I can work with it. There's ways. Okay, all right, sounds good. Yep. I'm that person that goes to McDonald's and, and orders a meat free cheeseburger, and everybody be asking me twenty times without meat. 
really no meat so does it mean everything else like yes so but no meat yes no meat <laughs> I, 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 I don't know the last time I've been in McDonald's, so I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't relate. Yeah, I don't go there often, but if I go there, <laughs> I, if I go there, I have to order the the the, the cheeseburger meat free. Wow, I, I I wasn't aware that they had something like that, but no, they yep. don't. I tell them to make me one without oh, meat. Oh, they make okay, okay. okay. Yeah, wow. they don't have that. I just request it, and that's why they oh, ask. Oh, so that's why they're like, asking, like, whoa, they're yeah. Like, did, did we they offend can't believe you? It. Are you sure? Did they offend you? Wow. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. One, and especially, it's ah. it's even funnier when I when I did it in Morocco. It was yeah, so hilarious. I was, I was about guy, to ask that. <laughs> the guy was so shocked, and he asked me like so many times, and then it, it was to the point where we were getting impatient, and then he asked me. And what do you want me to do with the meat? I was like, I don't know. Eat it. Put it on a next burger. I don't oh, care. The poor guy. I just don't want it. The poor guy. He must Yeah. Have, he ain't never seen that in his life. He must no. have gone on WhatsApp and texted everybody. You won't believe what I saw today. You won't believe this. <laughs> Someone came and asked for burger without meat. Oh, my goodness. The world is about to end. <laughs> well, there's a first thing. There's a first time for everything. That, so. Yep, that's right. That's right. So, final question is, what uh -oh. would you? Oh, you know, I, I could go on and on, but uh, you know, people are gonna be like, "Hey, we get we, we got other stuff to do." You know? Yeah. So, now get rid of her finally. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, they would, they would, I think they'd rather get rid of me than than you. But no. Um, but um. <laughs> so, um, final question. What would you like mm -hmm. to leave the audience with? You know, it could be a quote, could be a saying from your favorite author, or you know, a, a line uh, from your a a book. Whatever, just anything you would like to leave the audience with. Okay, one of my favorite quotes is, of like I have many favorite quotes I like, but one that comes to to mind now is, "Don't let your loyalty become slavery." If they don't like what you bring to the table, let them eat alone. Hmm. Don't let your loyalty. Don't let your loyalty, loyalty. become okay. Yeah, loyalty becomes slavery. Hmm. If they don't like what you bring to the table, let them eat alone. Wow, I love that. Yeah. That is powerful. You keep you, so. you, you keep dropping stuff that I might have to print out and go hang somewhere and be like, you know what? I might not be able to put this on a t-shirt, but I might be able to hang this and you know make it. You know, yeah, it's good. It's good to hang it somewhere, you know, and then look at it and be like a little reminder. Yeah, yeah those, are, those are power jams right there. Power jams. I, I knew I knew it was a good call to get you on the podcast. See, that's why. <laughs> well, right. thanks for reaching out. Hey, it's my pleasure and my honor. You know, and I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Please plug yourself in. I can't thank in. you enough for having me. Yeah, please plug yourself in. Um, you mean all my socials and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Where where can people find you and uh, you know people? Well, the podcast is on all streaming platforms and on YouTube as video. It's dope and damaged. We are also on Instagram, dope and damaged, and Facebook, dope and damaged, and I'm on Instagram, Ness underscore Rain. Rain, R-E-I-G-N. Same name on Facebook, Ness Rain. And uh, Patreon, Twitter, and all that good stuff. All right. It's dope and damaged, and Ness Rain. And I'll, I'll be adding uh, the links to the show notes. 
so y'all can get in touch and um, get to enjoy some of the awesomeness of Ness and Aww. see why I said I had to bring on the show and y'all get to um, see how fantastic she is and you know go, go check out our show and you know and support her and you know not just only myself and um, yeah keep the five stars coming in give her five stars give myself five stars share the love you know we see we all share everybody shares you know share all the goodies give positive reviews also and support us on patreon also all right so thanks again ness um, um thank you what was i gonna say um i was forgetting my arabic uh shukran yeah shukran and uh, uh, <laughs> I know that one. Okay, well, the shukrans all I remember right now. And to the rest of the audience, thank you for the privilege of your company. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show or you want to be on the show send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at whitelabelamerican thank you for your support